Welcome to a, a Call Across the Pond, Transforming Relationships at School, at Home, and Beyond with Tara Gretton and Vicki Essebag. Thank you for bringing us into your day. Today is our episode 13, and I'm going to pass it over to Tara. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. So it feels like it's been a little while since we've done a podcast. Uh, So just to let you know that what we have been up to, we have been super, super busy um, putting together, some of you might have discovered them already, but um, some little power bursts. (laughs) So these are short, um, little kind of clips, video clips of us where we share a question and, and just have a conversation about the question and their questions that um, have come from Vicky's wonderful book Relation Spaces Um, and in that we share a little example relating to the question and then share some ideas. Um, So they are available on our um, Instagram and on our own uh, YouTube channels if you want to take a look at them. But yeah, that's what we've been doing. So we're back with the podcast. We're going to have a short conversation today, and now I'm going to hand you over to Vicky, who's going to get us started. Thank you, Tara. So today we have a question for you, and um, it is, how do we shift from information or advice giving to questioning in relationships? And so Tara and I have been talking about this because we believe, um, as solution-focused practitioners, that Um, when we ask questions in our interactions with uh, whoever, our colleagues, our friends, our families, um, that we're able to have much more substantive conversations. And so if we think as an example of conversations with our children, then if we're always in the mode as parents of providing information, of giving advice, the conversation moves in one direction. However, if we can step aside from that and begin to ask questions, the conversation will move into an entirely different direction. And just just as a sort of springboard to conversation, Tara, I wanted to just raise this idea that children are inquisitive, and that they learn through play and exploration and reflection. And if we give them an opportunity to reflect, they really do step up to the plate. So I just wanted to sort of open up with that because when we ask questions, we do invite that reflection, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yes, I just think that's wonderful what you just shared. And I just think it's so, so true. And kind of what's coming to mind for me is, you know, the difference between, um, you know, advice giving, open questions and closed questions. You know, it's kind of, are we hoping to open up a conversation where there's going to be this creativity and exploration? Or are we just like answer yes or no or a bit of advice and shut down, closed, move on. 
and you know I we were talking about it made me think not only about in in families interactions but you know this does apply to family interactions as well but in school setting um that some sort of teachers will say like having the time I don't have time to kind of have these explorative creative conversations uh, with children and young people um so sometimes it just feels easier to, yes. to you know not it just feels more effective even at times just to give that bit of advice. Um, so I suppose as well, you know, in our conversation today, just really um, thinking about how we can ask these questions, these open questions where we invite that exploration and creativity, um, but also how we can do it in in which I always sort of, you know, think about corridor conversations when you've got this couple of minutes and this can be with or, you know, in the hallway as you're putting your shoes on with the family trying to get out the door. How can we ask questions and invite even the smallest of conversations that will open up more possibility around creativity? And and yeah, kind of really inviting our children to or children and young people to step into themselves. Um, yeah. Yes. And and yet it is much more natural for us as human beings that when we're in conversation, we provide information. And when others raise, you know, concerns or issues that they're dealing with or whatever, that we provide advice. And so the, the, the question here is, how do we shift from that? Right? How do we allow ourselves to to break that pattern so that we can um, open up the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is a very difficult thing to do as a teacher, <clears throat> excuse me, or as a parent, um, because we see ourselves in the role of educator, guider, a uh, person who wants to help and support the other. So we're often in that position, right? Oh, did you remember to get your shoes? Oh, did you remember to put away your book? Oh, have you organized this? Oh, did you take that? You know, and so we're often in that, um, in that realm of small talk, not even really conversation, but it's just the, the, um, you know, the, whatever it is, whatever urgency is happening in the moment that we're taking care of that business. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's the business of teaching. It's the business of parenting. It's, mm -hmm. you know, how are we going to manage to get this done right away? And sometimes it's all about efficiency, yeah. right? We want our students to, you know, get in everybody, you know, sit at your desks, get in order, pull out your books, do this, do that. It's that directive type of, mm -hmm. um, of approach and we have and we do it as parents as well. So I sometimes I feel that it's just the being cognizant of that that helps us to shift a little bit. Yeah. The being yeah. cognizant of the fact that when we are in that role as educator, um, that it's very easy to get into that informative advice giving stance. And that maybe if we're just conscious of it, we can pull back a little bit and shift. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what was going through my head. Um, 
that having that awareness and also from that because these these behaviors or these ways that we approach things are habitual you know they are habits they are and you know thinking of those moments that when there's lots going on I mean it's amazing how we can well attempt apparently apparently our brain is not very good at multitasking but we attempt to be juggling many things at once you know with thinking um and so firing off those questions really quickly you know um and it and it's instinctive and it's it's habit so having that awareness and then inviting that sort of intentionality what are my intentions you know, okay, I would, my hope is that I'd like to be able to, to ask more questions. You know, so if I was to ask more questions, what might that look like? So, okay, I want to ask what, how have you managed to get your bag packed in the past? What do you do that works? You know, for an example, Um, and that you setting that as a gentle intention, you've got that awareness, you're hoping to be able to ask that taking that tiny, tiny step, you know, choosing one question that you want to ask and then setting the intention to deliberately do that. You know, so I think it's the awareness and then the intention. So, And I know that from experience of, as my children, you know, that got into their teens, that I started to think about how I intentionally wanted to interact with them and how I might go about doing that and just kind of testing things out um and it was from that 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 helped me in the moment because I'd set that intention it helped me to be able to put it um into practice yes and and what I'm hearing from you there is that you you made the decision to prioritize uh, the relationship mm-hmm. and how you engaged in the relationship. And we can easily make that decision, mm-hmm. right? And we can easily, and by making that decision, we can easily start to creatively come up with questions that we can ask mm-hmm. um, that are that are more meaningful in nature. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, yesterday when we were getting ready, to go to school, what worked for us? Yeah. What worked for us? Can you know? Can we do that again? You know, what is it that we can do again? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yesterday we struggled with getting out of the house, mm-hmm. right? What can be better today? Mm-hmm. What can be better? What What are our best hopes for today as we're trying mm-hmm. to get out of the house? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do the same thing in schools. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had that really, really effective lesson. And let's talk about that effective lesson. Um, We had some groups set up. Uh, We had students leading each group. Uh, They each had tasks to do. And so everybody had a role in the group. And everybody felt that they had a mission. And then we all came back together and we were able to discuss. And it can be everybody is sharing what happened in these groups and what took place and what was successful. And so how can we recreate or how can we move forward 
from that and make it even better today. Right. And so it doesn't have to be the opening of, uh, all right, here's the lesson. Let's begin. Um, So there are so many creative ways of engaging with questions. So, I mean, let's, let's reflect a little bit on what happens when we ask those reflective questions. What happens in the mind of the other person? Uh, I've, I really love that you've asked that because it kind of always makes me sort of visualize young people, you know, in the school setting that I've had those types of conversations with. And, and with just people generally, you know, there's what you notice physically, you know, what you kind of notice, you know, people kind of looking up almost as, as give it, you know, as the, as the mind is coming up, visualizing what that might look like, or, you know, stepping back into the past and thinking about what that looks like. And you can almost see the creativity, well, and most definitely the exploration happening in the moment you know and I think that is really important too that we give space and time because these questions are like wow I've got to really think about this and I've got to imagine or I've got to reflect I've got to explore so the space to be able so it's like a a visualization isn't it it's got this visual picture Um, and from that you know what then people share can be really surprising you know yeah. can't it it's just like wow and I think that is the absolute beauty of these types of questions that we might have our assumptions and well, that's what are they going to you know they're not going to say anything they're going to grunt at me or they're going to do this thing with that but actually when you ask children young people these types of questions and they can step into the themselves in terms of their ex you know their creativity then it's just wonderful to hear what they say yeah you know it's they and it's wonderful to hear what they say because they're saying it uh from a place of authenticity because they've been invited to safely think critically that's effectively what's happening is that they don't have to worry that they're going to offend or that they're going to say something wrong, or that they're going to break the rule, that they have actually been invited to just think and to come up with ideas of their own. And we know that the best learning comes from that. The best learning is not what, what what we read when we open up the page of a book or what the teacher told us to be true. The best learning comes from personal exploration. It actually, you know, there's all this research around play, right? How much children learn through play. It's because they're exploring. They're thinking critically. They're asking themselves difficult questions and they're coming up with ideas. So to to give, when we give children the opportunity to do that, they're actually smarter. Yeah, because the brain develops develops through behavior, you know, so as as 
the child and young person's brain is developing into an adult brain, it is that exploration and that creativity that develops the brain into the yes. adult brain. It's so important. You know, and yeah. I kind of always think in these instances, it's permission, isn't it? It's like permission to be you. You know, you do not have to be anybody else. You know, we can yes. share information, and but permission to be you and permission to explore yourself and to be authentically you. And as you say, to safely say these things um, without any judgment and, you know, with genuine curiosity and genuine interest in what they're saying. And and then it's just really inspiring what young people say, you know, it enables them to show their wisdom. Absolutely. And you know what? We may not agree no. with what they're mm-hmm. saying. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And we may we can express that, but that's actually a healthy, mm-hmm. intelligent conversation mm-hmm. yeah. where people can have different opinions and where they can voice their opinions and where they can respect the fact that these these opinions may differentiate mm-hmm. and that we're okay with that. Yeah, and I so I think what's really, really key with that. You know, some conversations I've had, I think, you know, I think it's quite an art with young people for that because they're, you know, being truly listened to and their opinion being truly valued, even if you disagree. But that it's so important because I think young people really know, children and young people know, well, you know, there's a level of listening, but then it might be still actually at the end of the day. It's kind of parent decision and that's it, you know. Yeah. But when we're genuinely listening to what they've got they've got to say and there's that um, time that's given to negotiating or discussing both sides, you know, and it may be that the decision, the outcome isn't exactly what the young person hoped for, but there's been genuinely that body of the conversation where they are really hurt Yes. And that they have the space to be able to share their sides, you know, why they think it should be that. I think that's so, so key, even if the outcome isn't what they hoped for. Because from my conversations with children, young people, and even, you know, actually, you know, often school setting, if there's been time for a, a genuine discussion to be had, then they cope much better even if the outcome isn't exactly what absolutely because so they, important because they learn so much in that conversation mm-hmm. that actually shifts their way of thinking but but it shifts it on their own volition mm-hmm. right on it it's it's an understanding that comes from them it's not it's not necessarily us imposing on them what our belief system is but it's that conversation that evolves and then the child can say oh wait a second I've been reflecting on these thoughts and I realize things differently now I see things differently and listen sometimes uh, we can uh, sometimes we can negotiate and sometimes the outcome will shift a little bit the conversation and sometimes it won't. And it's perfectly acceptable to say to a child, listen, you know what, we're having this conversation and it's a very meaningful conversation, but you understand that this outcome cannot change. Mm-hmm. 
And this is why it cannot change. And, you know, a lot of times teachers or parents don't necessarily feel that they can reserve the right to do that, to say that. But we absolutely can, because at the end of the day, we are encouraging conversation. But at the end of the day, we are the authority. Right. And it has to be that way because children can't just run amok. They need to be guided. Right. But absolutely. But also, you know, when this space is given to ask questions and these conversations are happening, I think there are most definitely times. And I know from sort of as a parent and in the school setting where I've been like, actually, no, you're right. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense what you're saying. I didn't think that was going to work. However, yeah, and I'm really grateful for this conversation that I've had with you. Yes. And yeah, yes. let's do what you said. You know, yeah. Yeah, it could go, it could go, go either way. Very yeah. organic, really. Yeah. Very yeah. organic. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's creating that space, isn't it? It's opening up and having those questions that enable even the possibilities of, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You know what it does? It invites a young person to come back mm. with incredible questions. Yeah. yeah. To, to really, on their own accord, mm. be questioning and come and ask questions, knowing that we are going to engage them in that conversation. We're not going to ignore their questions. We're not going to minimize their questions. We are actually going to welcome them. Yeah. And say yes. Yeah. You know what? And and if and if it's not a moment where we can have that conversation right then and there, we could say, you know what? I love that question. I would love to discuss that with you. Let's set another time to talk about it later today or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it does really open up possibilities to greater openness and more interactions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tara. It's, it's nice to, to be back to resuming the podcast, eh? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back again soon. And uh, we wish you all well. And, yeah, take care. Have a great day. You Bye. too. Bye.